0: Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandro, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines.
1: Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandro, and I'm talking with Annie Scholl, who will be one of the featured women in Wine Country Women of Willamette Valley. Valley, due out in 2020. Annie is the proprietor of Raptor Ridge. Yes, a, indeed. A fabulous winery here in Newburgh. Um,
2: thank you so much for staying down with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, this thank will be for fun being here. We're so happy to have you in the Willamette Valley. Thank you for focusing on the amazing women in this valley.
1: Oh you're you're too kind. There are a lot and I'm certainly happy to be here with you today to talk about your career, your personal life, your winery, a whole bunch of fun stuff ahead. Great. So Sounds good. we are here at your winery and I do want to talk about your career, but before we talk about what your career encompasses now, mm-hmm. let's talk about where you came from. Okay. What was one of your first paying jobs?
2: Oh my goodness. Um I've been working since I was about 12 actually. Uh, The woman down the street from me was very smart um, about recruiting a young woman um, to help her with her newborn baby. She was a pediatric doctor, and she trained me how to take care of her newborn infant. So I took care of Sarah from the time she was born until she was about two years old. Wow. So I've Um, I was very fortunate to have that great training, which led to more work with children um, through my high school and college years, and actually, I think, spurred my interest in child development and cognitive development in college.
1: Let's talk about college. What did you get your degree Mm
2: -hmm. in? Um, I went to a very eclectic college called Hampshire in Amherst, Massachusetts. It's the experimental wing of the five college consortium that is Smith, UMass, Amherst, and Holyoke. Mm. And at Hampshire, you design your own course of study. And you work with, almost like a graduate level, you work with a team of professors who are your advisory council. And you put together a, um, a path for yourself and you have to write a thesis to graduate. So I ended up studying along the way, shifting courses as many students in undergrad do and should do. Uh, to kind of discover yourself. And I started out being interested in English. I thought I was going to write children's books. Um, I was interested in in folklore and fairy tales. Um, and then I ended up starting to take some psychology classes because I was really interested in how children's minds work. And so I ended up kind of vectoring off into cognitive development and then also into issues of racist attitude formation. I was really, really concerned about the state of affairs then, and it's sadly gotten worse since then in our country. Um, And I ended up doing my senior thesis on when do children start to recognize difference, and what does their mind do with that recognition?
1: So when I have to ask, when do they?
2: Um, Well, it's right about the time they start to categorize everything. So right at that three-year mark, they'll start noticing if somebody's taller or shorter, um, bigger or smaller, and sometimes, much to our chagrin, they'll embarrass the heck out of us by shouting out their their notice in front of someone. (laughs) Um, But this is true also of race, and they'll start to comment on skin color and um, whether somebody has curly hair or straight hair. And it's all about how we as adults, peers, parents um, talk to them about their notice, noticing these differences that, that allows them to see difference as positive. So my thesis and, and Hampshire is famous for bizarre thesis titles, but mine was social change in the playroom, multicultural education for preschoolers. So that is what I did. Um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, it's very pertinent to what we're going through in this country today. Absolutely. So, yeah. But you didn't work in child care. I didn't. I did for a while. I taught preschool for a bit, and I actually got vectored into, when I graduated, um, there were a lot of, of jobs available in high tech. And because of my curriculum development experience, I segued very easily into education within the marketing groups in tech. So I got schooled during my work experience in tech in how to develop um, sales training for adults. So that is where I ended up um, because that's where the jobs were when I graduated. Um, I may someday soon hopefully get back into working with children. Um, That is another interest that I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about during the course of this conversation. Um, so it's not something I've left completely behind. But um, I just really enjoy learning how people's brains work and how we all learn. So I think that's the main theme that has recurred in my life.
1: Well, it's life. probably a skill set that you can use in your current job yeah. or any job. It
2: really is um, really? very much so. And I can jump right into an example of that, and that is sales training. For people on wine, um, not only on Raptor Ridge Wines and what we're about and what we do, but also on the Willamette Valley. And I've been very involved um, since I started in this industry in our event that is a trade only event called Oregon Pinot Camp. So I was involved from the very first year and also got pulled into curriculum development for that. So there are ways that that theme has definitely come back.
1: Yeah, it served you well.
2: It has. It has.
1: You went on to go work in the computer industry. Mm -hmm. How long did you do that?
2: I was with one company for seven years and prior to that another company for two. So I guess almost a decade. So how does one who's
1: working in computers Mm -hmm. decide one day to get into the wine business (laughs) it
2: was all about love (laughs) (laughs) so when i was working for sequent computer systems a company that no longer exists it was bought by ibm in 2000 Um, i was working in a sales office in santa clara california and many of my friends and colleagues were in our headquarters office here in beaverton portland area And I was encouraged to come up for meetings, and I got involved in our professional services group. Um, I actually worked for the North American Director of Professional Services, which were consultants who um, sold our hardware and peripherals into other companies. And we were doing um, what was called solution-led selling. So we were telling stories about our product and how it would make their lives better, our customers' lives better. And it was a really kind of a, at the forefront of a new way to sell at that point in time. And um, because of what I was doing with my job in the Bay Area, I was brought up to headquarters to meet with people, and I really fell in love with Oregon. Um, one of the people that I met while I was visiting became a very dear friend of mine, and that is Scott Shaw, And he introduced me to his circle of friends. And he also introduced me to the fact that he was starting a winery. Um, and being one of Scott's friends meant coming out and helping with bottling and helping with harvest. And it was really a fun, um, seemingly lovely work-life balance. And I have to, I'll tell you a funny story about the whole work-life balance thing later. But, um... I don't know. I think you should tell us Right now? now, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, fast forward, Scott, um, and I end up, um, not only becoming dear friends, but falling in love and... Um, I get involved in his life as his life partner, which means also getting involved in the in the winery. So I marry the winemaker, basically. Um, so the work-life balance thing is hilarious because Scott does not sit still. He is incapable of sitting still. Oh wow! And he has been in the tech industry. He just retired four years ago. I think it was four years ago, July third. From fact, tech. From tech. So he had a storied career um, starting right after grad school in the 80s with Intel, which was just beginning at that point in time. He was recruited out from Missouri to work for them. And he proceeded to work for them for, I think, about seven or eight years. And then Sequent was started by some of the Intel folks that spun off, and he was recruited to come work at Sequent, and then he was recruited back. Okay, we
1: don't want to know about his career. Yeah, but
2: let me. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so he was recruited back to Intel, and his new boss at Intel would use him as a prime example of work-life balance because he worked crazy hours at Intel, and then he went home and had this wonderful um career of being a winemaker and he and I would look at each other and say no that's work work balance <laughs> correct it is work work balance <laughs> so this is what I've been running to keep up with um, oh my for goodness. 21 years we will be 21 years in August oh but we have a, we have a very interesting life so well you
1: guys need to go on vacation Yes, and we Do you just go did. on vacation yeah, together? We just,
2: we just got back, or I just got back from Alaska. He's actually coming home tomorrow. Oh, good. So we do a very fun thing every summer. We have another couple that we travel with, and the wives are great friends, and the husbands are great friends, and the husbands have a um, hobby of motorcycle riding. So we all go together and explore an area, usually new to us. This year it was the Kenai Peninsula, Homer, and... Um, uh, Whittier, Alaska, and then the guys take off for anywhere from a week to 10 days and do some backcountry um, motorcycle riding. Wow! Um, so it's kind of a nice break for everyone. Right.
1: Well, a much needed break mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. everyone since mm-hmm. you have a work-work a <laughs> life. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Raptor Ridge. Sure. Tell us what makes it so unique. Because this is a special... Place it's unique as far as the environment that we're sitting in. The view is mm-hmm. spectacular. Yes, we do have a view, and the rose, and you know the wines are great. And I love, 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 you love the that rosé. Rose.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad you do. It's one of my favorites as well. We do have a view of several mountaintops. We look directly at Mount Hood. Um, we're kind of cradled in the side of a of a mountain here in the Chehalem Mountain um, nested AVA within the Willamette Valley. We look directly across at our lovely partners and um, colleagues, the Ponzi family, and they've been very, very supportive to us as we've grown up together here in in the Valley. They are one of the pioneer families, and we're very grateful for their support. Um, I want to ask a quick question.
1: Did Scott have this property?
2: Has he always had this property? No, this was something for that the we purchased winery? together in 2000. Okay. And we have lived in this neighborhood. He actually has had property in this neighborhood since 1984. Okay. So our home property is only about two miles, two, two mile tractor drive, as he likes to say, two mile bike ride for me, um, off in the woods close to here. So really nice commute. Can't Perfect. It. Yes. Right. Um, very spoiled by that which makes up for all the time I spend on the road, actually. Um, So, yeah, I guess what makes this unique is its proximity to Portland. So we're only, really, as the crow flies from the Portland border, we're only 18 miles. Um, That can take anywhere from 20 minutes to half an hour to get here, depending on traffic. But it's really close in. But you, you are definitely in the bucolic countryside. So I think that makes us unique. And what is your specific function here? Um, Well, we used to say Scott makes the wine and I do everything else. (laughs) We said that for years and years and years.
1: I think that's probably the case. Well,
2: we actually have a really talented team. So right now um, I'm really focusing on distribution. On a national basis, we are in a couple of countries beyond the U.S. as well, but we are mostly focused on U.S. distribution into 32 states. So I manage the distribution relationships. Um, I also help manage the team here at the winery um, who does the direct-to-consumer. I do have a general manager that works under me, and then I also have just an incredible staff. So I'm very, very blessed. Since having
1: this property and the, and the winery here, has there been a, I dare say the word like a big break? Like, was there a turning point in the business I would since say you've been here?
2: We, we actually were one of the first wineries to have a presence on the web. And in fact, before the web really got started, Scott may have had one of the first websites. Um, so we did a pretty good darn good job of building our business um, without bricks and mortar for many, many years. Um, It took a surprising amount of time um, when we did open the winery for people to stop driving by and start coming in. Um, There was a lot of competition once we finally opened here. Um, So when we first started as a brand, Raptor Ridge, we were winery number 192, I think it was. And now there are over, I think it's 600 wineries in the North Willamette alone. I think you're right. I keep losing track and they keep increasing. Um, But it just takes some momentum. It takes some word of mouth. It takes the blue signs on the highway. Um, It takes people stopping in instead of saying, oh, I always drive by here and I always mean to come in. Um, And I think the word of mouth happens when people like you walk in here and they come in off of of uh highway 219 and they walk in the door and look out the window and say whoa this is beautiful and then they tell their friends you know so i'd say uh, we opened our doors in 2010 and i'd say by 2013 the pace really picked up and people really knew where we were so i think that helped immensely how many wines do you make what's
1: your case production
2: um, case production is between eight and ten thousand depending mm-hmm. on the vintage um that is where we are that's our sweet spot that's our comfort level. Um, That is the capacity, we could probably do 12,000 cases here at this facility, but we like to keep it at the boutique level. Um, We make a variety of wines. Um, For distribution, we really try to keep it simple, and we have about five different products that we sell nationally. And then for our wine club and direct sales here, we probably have about a minimum of 12 and probably maximum of 20 different products. And by that, I mean different single-vineyard designates, um, probably about 10 different varietals um, that we love to play with. So beyond just Pinot Noir.
1: Out in the marketplace, what would people likely see the S- most of?
2: So two of our flagship wines that you'll see both on By the Glass programs and restaurants and on the shelves Our our, um, Pinot Gris, that is a um, vineyard select Pinot Gris from about five different vineyard sources. So we have our own estate, and then we source from anywhere from uh, 10 to 15 different vineyards under under long-term contract. So the Pinot Gris, um, and then our barrel select Pinot Noir that comes from about 10 different fruit sources, including about 50% from our estate.
0: Want to learn more about women who live in wine country? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley and Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. They are available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Our lifestyle book, Wine Country Women of Willamette Valley, is expected to release in 2020.
1: So let's get back kind of specifically to your career. Mm -hmm. Has there been one person or maybe several people who have influenced your career or a mentor that has helped guide you in the wine business other than Scott?
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, In the wine business specifically, um, I owe a deep uh, debt of gratitude to several people who've made themselves very available. And that's one of the beautiful things about Oregon is the collaborative spirit here, and I'm sure you've encountered that as you've been speaking to people throughout the valley. You can't not encounter it. Um, as I said, I've been involved in Oregon Pinot Camp since the very beginning. What that afforded me was the opportunity to work shoulder-to-shoulder with some pioneers and some people that were kind of in the next wave. Um, most notably, that would be Susan Sokolblosser, um, Nancy Ponzi, and... Um, Diana Lett of the Irie, um, and David Adelsheim, and more recently Eugenia Keegan, um, the power couple of the Willamette Valley, and I'm probably leaving some names out, and for that I apologize, but, oh, Pat Dudley and I, um, spent quite a few years working together on curriculum development for Pino Camp, uh, former professor, so that was quite a delight to work <laughs> with her, um, just there's so many people in this industry that that help each other and collaborate and it's just amazing to me how many how many people I've had the opportunity to work with and I think that's kind of rare in other industries that you get a chance to work with the pioneers that people are so forthcoming and so willing to share their knowledge especially women yes and I think I mean you and I just had the opportunity to attend that wonderful women and wine conference at Willamette Valley vineyards. And I hope I do this, but it did remind me once again, the importance of lifting each other up. Um, and just on, on all levels, um, not just um, on a social level, but also career wise and um, uh, reaching up and reaching, to the side and pulling people up, you know, who are, who are coming up behind you too. I mean, I think there's so much, I think women are pretty good at that in general. Um, but I think there's so much more that we can all just focus on and make our goal.
1: So before we wrap up talking about your career, Mm -hmm. I want to ask, um, is there something that you can share that's
2: on the horizon
1: for Raptor Ridge?
2: on the horizon for that you may
1: be working on something people can look forward to seeing or learning about something new
2: Um, i think we're in terms of of what we offer the public who comes to visit here we like many in the valley are really looking to differentiate our, our tasting experience And we've started doing elevated tastings that involve a little more educational aspects. And we have such a great staff now who are very well versed in not only the wines of the Willamette, but also the wines of the world, who are really excited to share their knowledge in a way that is educational and transformative and not preachy. Um, So we've got several different options for people to come and taste wine and... Um, Many events that are advertised on our website on a quarterly basis that include releases of our non-Pino European varietals. Um, this is something we've been doing for a while, but it, it, it feels new to me every time we do it. We, for example, make things like Gruner Veltliner, an Austrian varietal. When we do a release of that, we pair it with oysters, and we, we grab the guys from Eat Oyster Bar in Portland and bring them out. And then we also bring in some Austrian Grüner. So you have a chance to try the, the grape of origin from the country of origin with a really wonderful food pairing. So... Those are we really, really focus on education here, and I think that can be pretty refreshing at times.
1: Absolutely, we're going to kind of shift things and mm-hmm. talk about your personal life. You are from Minnes- Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, to I love it and you went to california and mm-hmm. now you're up here in oregon mm-hmm. you may have taken some other stops along the way that i don't massachusetts up there. <laughs> oh yeah we talked about that your school uh college education i know scott influenced this a lot but mm-hmm. how did you all decide to maybe buy the land here mm-hmm. um and live to you know you're in newburgh and the newburgh Area. General vicinity, yeah. This so, is of all, all yeah. the places in Willamette
2: Valley, how, how did you choose this place? There's a super fun story behind that. Um, we were looking for land for probably three or four years. Um, we had started out, as I said, pretty early on um, making wine and buying grapes um, under long term contracts from a variety of people. And we were always looking for the right piece of land. And at the time, some dear friends of ours, um, the owners of Corda Terra Vineyard and Winery, so Lisa and Scott Neal, um, Lisa was, was focusing on real estate at the time. And we got a call from her one morning, and she said, I don't care if you're in your pajamas drinking your coffee, get up here. There's a piece of land two miles from your house, and it is perfect for you, and I'm not even going to list it. And so we walked up here, or we, we rode up here. And I think we were in our pajamas. And we walked walked this land. We'd walked a lot of different properties. We'd looked out in McMinnville. We'd looked in Yamhill County. And everything was a long commute. So that was part of the thing keeping us. And there was something about this piece of land that I just, I really felt like it was cradling me when I was walking. It was a cherry orchard at the time. Um, And we just couldn't believe our luck. And we were so delighted that Lisa had the forethought to call us immediately and the deal came together in a week and it was our property.
1: But You chose to live here before you bought
2: in the area. Scott had the property yeah. okay. when I met him. Yeah. Okay. So he had been in the area for quite some time.
1: So if we took a step inside your home,
2: <laughs> yikes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what would we see? What's your decorating style? We want to get to know you. Um,
2: <laughs> Definitely Pacific Northwest um, define, I define that well it's it's a it's a eighties ranch open plan with a lot of clear cedar. Um, it's in the woods, big deck on the back. We live on that deck in the summer. Having grown up in Minnesota, where the state bird is the mosquito, I am so delighted that I don't have to deal with them here. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's light until 10 o'clock at night in the summer. So we do a lot of cooking outside. and um, Anyway, so I grew up with a lot of um, indigenous art, Native American art in my house. And as you can see, there's one piece hanging in the tasting room that yeah. is actually, it's from... Colorado Springs in the 1920s and it's a Navajo piece and it's dear to my heart I grew up with that in the front entryway of my house I love Um, so I collect a bit of Native American art and try to honor the First Peoples as as best I can Um, so there are a lot of um, Pacific Northwest um, Native American art pieces on our walls and rugs and Things so it's like colorful? That. It's colorful. It's eclectic. Um, we Because it's a ranch house, it's kind of modernish feeling. But then I have a few antiques from my family. So we really mix it up. Um, I think we were shabby chic before shabby chic was thing. <laughs> <laughs> you so. led
1: the charge. We talked about how you work work mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But when you do take time off for yourself... Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? What are some hobbies or just simple pleasures?
2: Well, my hobbies, we're really good at turning our hobbies into um, careers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is no exception, but I, for years, have been studying meditation. And last year went through a nine-month training program to become a meditation instructor. Oh, wow. Um, Now, that is to say yes, it's becoming something that I'm going to do in addition to my career in the industry here, but it is also the number one way I find peace. So for me, um, the discovery of silent meditation retreats three years ago was a godsend. I can completely put things down I put my phone in my car and I lock it in my car for 10 days and I don't look at it and I don't miss it. Well, I might miss it for the first couple hours, but it's amazingly freeing to walk away from technology and it's crucial for me to be able to walk away from being an owner of a business for a short time. And thankfully I have incredible support from Scott in doing that. He understands. And he's doing that very same thing when he's on his motorcycle. So we trade off, um, which is great. So that's that would be my answer to that question. Is there
1: a meditation tip, one that you can share now?
2: Oh, there are so many. Just um, one. Don't feel like you have to be in the perfect place, on the perfect mat, with the perfect posture to meditate. You can do a brief one-minute meditation anywhere by closing your eyes and focusing on five breaths. And then before you know it, you're meditating. So
1: I think that's so important because we live in a a world that is go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I liked your tip of locking your phone in the car and Mm -hmm. just this simple suggestion of closing your eyes and taking a moment. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. important. Is there something people might be surprised to learn about you?
2: Oh, I'm sure there are tons of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let's see. Oh my goodness. Um, well, a fun fact, or
1: just some something bizarre. You something speak a, bizarre. a crazy language that no, nobody else don't does, or <laughs> <crazy> something.
2: Language. <laughs> um, well, I think. Uh, This is a risky thing to say as a winery owner, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because I believe in it. Um, I think it's really important for us to know our limits with alcohol. And I happen to be in a phase of my life right now where I'm taking a break from alcohol. And I think that is a wise thing for people to do. Um, I think that it should be a part of the meal rather than something we overindulge in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to think of ways, and this is partially because of my meditation training, that this issue has come up and to the forefront for me more so than in years past. Um, but I think our industry could really do a better job of um, educating. educating about um, mindful drinking. I guess is a way to put it. That's a good um, way to put it. I think. So that might be surprising coming from someone who who hawks alcohol, <laughs> right? Who, who owns a fabulous winery in
1: Willamette Valley.
2: <laughs> but I just I just think it bears it bears um, being said and being heard. Sure.
1: On that note, mm-hmm. other than Raptor Ridge, mm-hmm. at home, what do you like to drink?
2: Um, we. Love exploring wines of the world, as mm-hmm. I was describing when we do our own releases of of non Pinot European varietals. Um, I myself have a have a palate that seems a little more attuned to white wines, and I always thought that was kind of a cop out when I was first learning about wines. But really, I've I've analyzed it um, lately, and I feel like my I just have a little bit more delicate palate that that resonates more with the lighter flavors and aromas of white wines. So we explore a lot of Spanish white wines and, um, the wines of Alsace. Um, we're actually going to Spain next year. So I'm really excited to be able to be there and taste, you know, in situ. Um, and we love method champenois and anything that bubbles. Mm -hmm. So that's another fun thing for us.
1: Absolutely. So wine, you are a wine girl. Yeah. Mostly.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Before we kind of wrap things up today, I know that you're extremely involved in the community Mm -hmm. with a, a variety of great events that take place throughout the year. Is there one that you would like to, you'd like to share with our audience that's near and dear to your heart? I mean, I know they're all very important to you, but.
2: Well, there's so many different audiences and different events um a lot of the events that I take part in are focused on the trade um and Oregon Pinot Camp is one of those I just really feel so honored to be a part of that team that has put that event together over the years um in terms of people coming to the valley and visiting, yeah,
1: maybe maybe that's a better question. Is there one event that you think someone can't miss?
2: I would say just getting yourself to the valley anytime between the fourth of July and the end of October—you can't miss because the weather here is just so fabulous. Um, the the big event weekends um, are fun and and festive, but I think just being able to come on your own or with a small group of friends and sit on the back deck here and in other places in the valley and just let Oregon sink into your bones is one of the best opportunities for anyone to have
1: we are going to wrap things up because our time has has flew by <laughs> so i like to wrap things up with five quick questions so the idea is not to think, not to think about too the hard. answers <laughs> We're not looking for lengthy answers. Okay. So we'll see how we do. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? Of course, a Subaru. (laughs) 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 One of your favorite songs.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, what just popped into my head was Blackbird.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. What is the app on your phone that you use the most?
2: (laughs) Insight Timer. Okay. That one I don't know. It's a meditation. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> of
1: course. What is one of your favorite, and I'm sure there's many, restaurant in Willamette Valley?
2: I am not going to answer that question oh. because those are my customers. Okay. And there are so many. Um, it could be a breakfast spot. <gasps> Yeah, I just... I'll let you off the hook. Yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which do you prefer, ice cream or potato chips? Ice cream, for sure. And lastly, what's one thing that you hope to achieve by this time next year?
2: Oh my goodness, there's just too many things going through my head. Um, I hope to have successfully completed another vacation that is truly just a vacation. Okay, how's that? <laughs>
1: I think that's perfect because you work work all the yes. time. Yes. But you're incorporating a little bit of meditation. In yes. That. So, Annie, so much fun to talk to you today. And, thank you. And thank you for inviting us here to Raptor Ridge. My pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms, so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.